0: thank God for his presence and we're going to get into the word of God. Uh, Matthew chapter six verse nine to fifteen and reading from the King James version and uh, it is so appropriate that this message come forth um, for where God wants to take us. Um, Matthew chapter six verse nine to fifteen For some of you, it's a very familiar portion of scripture. The disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray. And he said, in this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors. When I was raised in this church, um, Mother Watson and the other Sunday school teachers, they taught us to say, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespassed against us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, that is the devil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We usually stop there, but verse 14 and 15 says, For if you forgive men or women their trespasses, then your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men or women or children their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Turn Turn to the person next to you and say, that's real. We may not act like that's real. But that's real. So the question is, is God forgiving my trespasses? That's, that's the title of my sermon. Is God forgiving my trespasses? We're, we're in a very serious season in this church where, where God wants to do the unusual, where it is really time when I order something online, many times, by the grace of God, they will send me a tracking number so that I can follow, you know, how close is this thing to being delivered. And I remember about five years ago uh, at my uh, at my pastoral anniversary, a prophet named Mark Holcomb, he preached the word, and I always go with my prophetic words because first, Timothy chapter 1 verse 18 says we're to do war with the prophecies that were spoken over our lives. We, we, we really need to recite the, the prophecies or, or you may say, well, I don't have any prophecies. Well, there's a whole book of prophecies that you hold in your hand unless you have a device. And that is the Bible. That is the highest form of prophecy. So when you get a promise from the Lord, you need to do, you need to fight the devil. Uh, uh, the, the word devil means liar. He's going to lie to you. One of the lies he says is that God doesn't notice your situation and that that the promises of God are not true. He's also called Satan, which means opponent. He is trying to fight you from scoring. But turn to the person next to you and tell them you're going to win. Going to win. Amen. Amen. And the reason why you're going to win is because the Bible says, greater he that is in me than he that is in the world. Okay. But um, this, he, he said, God has a blessing for PT, he has already delivered it and he has a tracking number on it. And and so what I need to do is to make sure that I keep track of the things that God has promised and to make sure that nothing hinders the deliverance. And so my fear is, is that with all the promises and things that God has for us, and for some of us, we may be in a situation where we sense that whatever God has for us should be here by now. Uh, This is the one thing that will keep our blessing stuck in oblivion. It is unforgiveness. And it is, and I hate to say this, and it is found in this church and it kind of pains me to have to say this as a church as a, as the pastor of this church but there's a lot of unforgiveness whether it's in the pews or individuals that you're dealing with that don't go here the word forgive is a is a is a Greek word in at least in this text and it means Forgive us our trespasses. In other words, the word forgive means to send away. It means I found it interesting. This word forgive means to expire. And the Lord said to me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a question that you can ask the person next to you. Turn to the person next to you and say, My friend, My friend has, the has the offense against you. Have an expiration date. We're always shopping to make sure that whatever we buy, especially if it's fresh produce, has an expiration date. When will your offense have an expiration date? That's not on your notes because the Lord continues to download things. This word forgive in the Greek means to not discuss now. What does it mean? It is always now. Tomorrow, if you live, it'll be now. Ten years from now, if you live, it'll be now. In other words, forgive means to don't discuss again. And every time you discuss it, the scripture says death and life are in the power of the tongue. So every time that thing is being put to death by the spirit of God, you give it life again your offense is like a zombie. Yes. Yes. It's like a zombie. It just won't die because your tongue keeps giving it life. Did I say your tongue? Yes. I changed that. Our tongue. Our tongue. This word forgive means to let it go. This word forgive means to Keep no longer. But our English word, forgive, forgive, it's an old English word, and the word for means completely, and the word give means to give. So forgive means completely give. Give it to who? Give it to God. Forgive it to God. This word trespass, it's a Greek word. It means a lapse or a deviation from what's right. In other words, sometimes we know we're supposed to do the right thing, but there's a deviation. We forget. Um, this month is my uh, 36th anniversary with my lovely wife, and by the grace of God, and by the grace of God, I I, I I have not forgotten our anniversary in 36 years. By the grace of God, but if I were, that would be a lapse, and I would hope she would let it go at a price, but let it go. (laughs) You're going to pay for that. (sighs) This word trespass means a misdeed. A misdeed or a missed deed. There was something I was supposed to do, but I I missed it. My bad, my mess up. But I need to forgive the trespass. This word trespass means a slip up. People are going to mess up. So forgive my deviation from what's right. Forgive my slip ups as I forgive other people who have slipped up. See, people sometimes they look at me and they're like, Bishop, you're just so merciful. You always, you know, you don't want to do such and such. And I'm, and the reason why I'm very slow to drop the hammer is because I know my stuff. And the greatest commandment. asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? He said, "These are the two great two great commandments: to love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself." So I'm very, so, so you'll never hear me. Yelling and going off on somebody, you know why? Because I don't want anybody yelling and going off on me. Amen. Amen. <laughs> it's quiet in this Pentecostal church, but that's good. That's good. That's good. This word "trespass." When you look at other um, translations in the Bible, uh, the the CJB version says, "Forgive us our offenses." The Good News Translation says, forgive us our wrongs. The HCHB uh, says um, forgive us our wrongdoings. The EHV version says, forgive us when we sin. I love the Jade, the the God, the God's Word version, it says, forgive us our failures. And the EXB, Expanded Bible, says, forgive us our failures. When I when I fail to live up to a standard, I need forgiveness. I need, I need the person I offended to let it go. I, I need a person who I offended to give it an expiration date of today, the second after I ask forgiveness. I find this an interesting sign that we've all seen before and it's uh, the next slide I believe and it says no trespassing police take notice no trespassing what if that was translated as no forgiving no not that's a double negative. No, not forgiving trespasses. Police take notice. If you don't forgive a trespass, police will take notice. If you don't forgive a trespass, the police will take notice. And What struck me here is that the word police... The etymology of the word police is a Greek word and it means the community. Small groups should be more than just a kumbaya hour. Small groups sometimes need to be confrontational. I've noticed you keep talking negatively about your boss. Is there something that you haven't forgiven him for? Well, he don't go to church. Yeah, but the Bible says. I notice you keep talking about your daughter and how you angry at her. Um, I think I'm part of the police. The, the greatest offensive thing that, one of the greatest offensive things that Cain said to God is, am I I my brother's keeper? In other words, I'm responsible to make sure that it is well with my soul, with my brothers. And that's why the scripture is very interesting. The Bible doesn't say, the Bible doesn't say, um, if you offend your brother, go to him. It doesn't just say that. It says, if you know that your brother may have an offense against you, you go to him. In other words, like you said, check it out. No, if I'm feeling like there's something kind of funky going on with us, and now if they're going to lie to you, there's nothing you can do because many people lie to you. They're like, oh, no, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. You know there's something there. Some of us were like, I ain't doing anything. And if they don't come to me, you know, you know, Bajan, if they don't come to me, then I don't care, because you know. <laughs> uh, but you can all, I, I, it's amazing, as you travel, you find that Bajan habits, are, uh, Nigerian habits, are Ghanaian habits, are Trinidadian habits, are Haitian habits, are Italian habits, it's amazing. It's just a habit in human beings called sin. <laughs> I know that there's something that's not cool with me and out with Troy. I should at least check in. Are we, are we cool? Are we okay? Turn your name and say, neighbor, neighbor, you do not, you do not get, get to not, to not forgive. forgive. You don't get to not forgive. We 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 act like it's an option. It is not an option. Well, it is an option. It is an option. But but you that means you know there's there's a thing called opting out. Okay, meaning you can opt in, meaning that you can take advantage of something, or you can opt out. So when you don't forgive, you can choose not to forgive, but you opt out of being blessed. One of the writers said, How can you love God who you don't see? And you can't even love your brother or sister that you do see. And that goes for you children too. Hmm. And you're smart. Don't be like, I don't know what he's talking about because I'm just a child. Let's wait till Sunday school. Oh, <laughs> oh you know. You know, there's people, there's people in school that's coming to your mind like, "Mm, I ain't trying to forgive them. Mm -hmm. Some of you are like, oh, well, when I get to become a teenager, is that when I'm responsible? No, you're responsible now. Mm. If you're, if you're under 12, if you're under 13, raise your hand. Okay. Okay. Now. Repeat after me. If you're under 13, say Bishop. Bishop. You need to keep preaching. <laughs> Cause you know who we, you know who the mean girl or the mean guy is in class in school, and you ain't feeling them mm-hmm. social media. Mm-hmm. Anyways, oh boy, I tell you, the Holy Ghost is going, pa, pa 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 I mean, he's just jacking everyone up, including the one who's preaching. Nobody's except Look, I've been pastoring 25 years next year. I don't know if you think I have magic dust, some force field that says he shall not be offended. No, when you're a pastor, it's like, it's like targets. Okay, just kick me again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I've just, I, I look, you don't last in this position without just making up your mind that Jesus said, Jesus said, I love Jesus. He said, you will be offended. Yes. Let me prophesy. I thought I was and yea, the Lord would say unto you, my child, that every day you will be offended. Ayah, does that make you feel better? Some of you were offended on the way to church. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm mm-hmm, hmm. Got to get to church. Behind a Sunday driver, you know they're driving ten miles an hour. <clears throat> you were offended. You were offended that they were going too slow. Tell your name. And say he's talking about you. I saw you driving the other day. Come on. You at the checkout line at you know your favorite m- supermarket, and the person in front of you, you know they 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 go through the what do you call the the, the self. The self-checkout uh, line, and they don't know how to clean Okay, and you're, you're shaking your leg. You you, you're offended. Mm-hmm. Can I get a witness out there? Can I get a? Th- mm-hmm. What'd you get in this line for? Don't you know? <laughs> you may say, Bishop, why are you saying all this? This is this is my time to be, This is my time to get stuff out. Okay. Not only does the community take notice, but the Latin word for police is civil administrators. In other words, the elders take notice. I want the elders of this church to stand up so you know who the popo is in this church. <laughs> come on, Elders, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up stand up, stand, up. <laughs> stand up, stand up. Elder Ken, wave your hand in the back so that they know. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so and Elder Jenny, yeah, she may be, she may be quietly playing behind here. Don't let that Kansas City Kansas look uh, fool you. She 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 can come down. Missouri. Okay, okay, okay. See? See what I mean? See, see, see? See, 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 that's why Elna Albert straightened up. <laughs> this is the po-po. These are the people that they have a right to come to you and get in your business. Why? Look, we don't like disciplining people. We don't like confronting people. But God is going to hold us. You need to understand, God is going to hold us responsible for the spiritual health of this church, and when we let stuff keep going on, it spreads like a virus, Amen. and it hurts the church. Thank you. Maybe sit down. Why are you all my business? Because they're the police. Oh Jesus! This is my regular prayer. I'm almost finished here. Actually, just about finished. Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. This is the prayer I regularly pray over many of you on my prayer list. I agonize in spiritual labor pains once again until Christ's life becomes visible in your lives, fully formed in your hearts. Paul says, I travail until Christ is formed. In you, I've gone on. I'm, I'm experimenting on a journey this month, and the journey is is that I, I downloaded the New King James Version of the Bible, and I asked myself what would happen if I just kept playing the Book of Mark over and over again for the entire month, and just at least eight times this month go through the book of Mark. Would Christ be formed in me? What would my behavior be like? And so this is May 5th and I already finished going through it once and I'm going through it again, but I'm I'm realizing, wow, God, a lot has happened just going through the book of Mark because it's the shortest book, gospel about Jesus because I want Christ formed in me. I want my first reaction to be just like Jesus' reaction would be. I know this is going to bother some of you, so, you know, you'll get over it. You'll get over it. But me and uh, one of the young guys were talking, and we, we both came to the conclusion, as black men, are you with me? As black men, I sometimes don't get to be black. What you look? You look black to me. Mm, There's sometimes I don't get to be black. What does it mean? Meaning that I am a kingdom man before I am a black man. And there's some reactions I want to have as a black man that the Lord says, "Who do you identify with? Are you the son of Herman Green, a black man? Are you a son of God?" And sometimes you have to make that decision. If your black decision conflicts with your child of God, Christ decision, you're going to have to make a decision as to who you identify with. That's a, oh, that's a deep word. That's a, so you don't get to do whatever you want to do. We're, uh, there's a few people who turn Lady Carmen Eye onto this book, and I advise you to get it. It'll make life so much easier if you could. Yeah, uh, love like you've never been hurt. Mm-mm-mm. We we we've been reading that, but well, I love his writings anyway, Justin Franklin. But uh, love like you've never been hurt. You, I, I think every believer needs to get this book just so you can make it through life with your mind free. Because some of you are still living in offenses that you've had when you were a child. And you're just stuck. And the only thing that will set you free is that you're going to have to love like you've never been hurt. So what does that look like? Here's an example that i I, I just never seen in the scripture before. I mean, I, I've seen it, but I never... I never, I don't even know why I never saw this before, at least in my studies as a, as a pastor and a teacher. But he talks about that last scene in, June, in, in January. January, oh, Jesus help me. Okay, John chapter 21. You know the saying when he says, uh, Peter, now this is the last chapter of John, the love chapter, and he says to Peter, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, I love you. He says, feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes, I love you. Then feed my lambs. And Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. But his head kind of goes down because he remembers Jesus asked him three times. And he remembered he said, Hey, Jesus, all these jokers will they they, well that's the urban version. All you these jokers will run away, but me, I'm your boy, I'm gonna be with you. And Jesus says, Before the alarm clock goes off in the morning, you're gonna deny me three times. And of course, we know he did that. This is if you didn't know it, last week was a few weeks ago, it was Easter. And so you know that. And then Jesus says to him, Feed my sheep. And and he says, you know, he talks about, you know, how he's, Peter's going to die preaching the gospel. You follow me so far? What I did not know was uh, when Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? Are you with me? The word Jesus used is agape. So that word agape means the self-sacrificing or self Sacrificial, whatever you learn, want, want to use unconditional love. Okay, so Peter, do you love me enough to sacrifice yourself or selfishness? Do you love me unconditionally? You know, do you do you love unconditionally? parents? Do you? Lo- I know you say you love your children, but do you love your children when they don't bring home A's and B's? Now Peter, watch this, Peter responds, Yes, Lord, I, I phala you. Meaning, I love you as a friend. I I like you. Okay? So Jesus says, Do you love me willing to sacrifice all? Do you love me unconditionally and Peter says, I love you as my boy. I like you. And then Jesus asks him again, do you agape me? And Peter says, I phileo you from which we get around Philadelphia, the city of brother. L- I love you as a brother. I love you. I like you. I like you. And, and then Jesus says to Peter, all right, Peter, do you love me do you like me as a brother and peter says lord you know i love you as a brother now you may say what's the big deal here what strikes me is that jesus says all right all right peter stay there you can't come up to the level of love that i need you to come up to you can't come up to agape So I'll come up down to where you are and then bring you up to where I am. Now, why is that so important? It's because Jesus is basically saying to Peter, I know part of my language. I know you screwed up because I said in Matthew 16 that I'm going to build my church on you. You're going to be you're going to be the leader and and But I have factored in you failing, but my plan has not changed, even if you messed up. So he says, you're still going to feed my lambs. You're still going to feed my sheep. And I know you can't come up to my level of love yet, so I have to come down to you. But I'm going to bring you up one day when you're going to love unconditionally. I want to close with this. Yesterday at uh, Generation Chosen, I, I love this. I love this. You see, and, and, and what's what's going on here is uh, is God is challenging us. Mm, my God, remember, I said I said uh, that that the Lord was saying to Peter, "I'm going to come down to you." And bring you up. And that's what we have to do with people. We have to come down. And what God has said. I heard the Holy Spirit say this morning. I was like oh my God. um, uh, uh, This is incredible. And the Lord said to me. You are no longer to be in relationships. I am calling you to be in relationships. S-H-I-F-T-S. In other words. Your relationship should become a relation shift, meaning that you shift people from where they are to where I'm calling them to be. Yes. I've always, I, I always ask, and I'm, on, and, and just, mm, mm, I remember talking to, I was counseling a, uh, a young man and he was complaining about, his wife and complaining about, you know, his wife was just in a bad space and years ago, years ago, and I said to him, I said to him, could it be that she wasn't like this when you married her? Could it be that you made her worse? So for me, when I used to go preach someplace, the most encouraging word I would hear is people would say to me, man, your wife looks good. She looks happy. And that let me know that our relationship has caused a shift, meaning I should be shifting her into a better place and she should be shifting me into a better place. And we need to ask ourselves when I come into people's lives, do I add value or do I remove value? Even a young lady like CG, this is my girl. mm -hmm, I notice the growth and the change and the smiles and I'm ready to pray. So for me, as a pastor, I'm like, okay, I'm adding value to her, her life. PT is adding value to her life. It, what does your job get because they have you there? Because if it doesn't matter whether they have you or a sinner, then why should God open a door for you? It was quiet in here. I, I want. I want to be in, I want to have relationships. I want, no matter who I'm relating with—pastors or people or even if I'm at a restaurant—I want the the waiter or the waitress to say, because that dude was at my table, something shifted in my life. So last night, my last illustration. I am. I tell you. I could run around this church because I'm so proud of, first of all, Generation Chosen being led by uh, my daughter, Jessica, and uh, a staff of uh, of young adults who are pouring into our teenagers, pouring into them. And so last night I was in, uh, went upstairs and we were talking, and one of our 13 year olds had this T-shirt, not this sweatshirt on. Everything is my fault. And I no, my first reaction was, Oh, you shouldn't feel that way. What did what did your parents I'm gonna run them out of the church for? But it's good to ask questions. And I asked the 13-year-old, what does this mean? And she said, it means I take responsibility for my life and I make no excuses. They made me mad. They did this. You always do this. If it wasn't for you, I would be. Turn your name and say, neighbor, yeah. it's all your fault. It's all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> Stop blaming everybody and take responsibility for your life. Let's bow our heads. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, we're not going to have an altar call, but just for one minute, Austin, if you can play something, for one minute, as every head is bowed and every eyes closed, I just want you to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. First of all. Is there somebody that you need to forgive? Because God clearly says, I'm not going to forgive your trespasses, your faults, your mistakes, your misdeeds. There'll there'll be no expiration date on your offense if you don't put an expiration date on the person who offended you. I won't stop talking about your sin until you stop talking about someone else's. Speak Holy Spirit. Speak Holy Spirit. You you really mean what you said when you said when we partake of communion when we take of communion in a condition of unforgiveness, you said that's why some of you remain sick and some even pass away because we leave an opening for the devil to wreck our lives. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you in Jesus' name. that you would help us to forgive those who have offended us, those who have wronged us. And some, some wounds are so deep and so egregious that we're going to need you to help us. says your grace is sufficient. It's enough. And your your power is perfected when we say to when we say and admit that we are weak, that we can't do this on our own. I thank you, Lord. I even look at my wife who I am so proud of that you you showed her how to forgive The one, the ones who sexually abused her, she learned how to forgive and set our home free, set our daughters free. If nothing else, for our daughters, for your children who are born and yet born, that you don't want that dis-ease to pass down generation unforgiveness. Pass down generations like a virus. We're going to stop it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So Holy Spirit, long after this sermon is over. Long after this sermon is over. Continue to deal with us. If there's some phone calls that we have to make, give us the courage and the boldness and the strength to make the call. To say, hey, I need to get together.